We're going to change the name of the show to the Tea Time Radio Podcast. It's Tea Time, everyone. Welcome back to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. We're bringing all the tea today. I got Stephanie Postel with me. We're bringing all the tea. Hope everyone's ready for it. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Super excited that you're here. Super excited that I'm here, honestly. It's just so much fun to be able to do this for you all each week. I've got a really cool guest with me this week. We've got Stephanie Postel from, did I say that right? Postel? Postel. Stephanie Postel from Anchor Heating and Air out of Charleston, South Carolina. Um, Really excited. We're here at the Women in HVACR event uh, recording live. Past few weeks, I've been, you know, uh, slowly putting out some episodes from that event. Um, just an awesome all-around event. The energy was really great. The networking was phenomenal. Uh, and really, I, I believe that this is an event that I'm definitely going to mark down to, to come back to in the future because uh, just I've really, really enjoyed it so far. Um, so, Stephanie, thank you so much for, for chatting with me today. Um, I'm glad to be doing? here. Yeah. How are you doing? Very, very excited to be here. It's It has been already a great event. No doubt about that ready to get all fancy tonight everybody's going to be having fun and dancing at the gala so it's gonna be cold out there yeah it's gonna be cold and we're in phoenix yeah so yeah i think the we're in phoenix and the weather for this is like scheduled to be like 50 or forecasted to be 50 it's gonna be cold so a second ago i was talking to you all in past tense saying that it was such a great event and all this stuff and now we're talking in present tense so anyways the event's been great and really thankful for the women in HVACR for having us out here to record podcasts, to just attend and even be able to, to come to an event like this, which is great. Um, and I think that it's, it's, it's important. Um, it's certainly not a surprise to anyone that the heating and air conditioning trade or any trade for that matter, electrical, plumbing, roofing, solar, it's pretty much a male dominated industry. Um, so it's really cool to see, stuff like the women HVACR and all the people that show up to support it. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's awesome. This uh, group especially is not only what you would think about women in the trades as far as just being you know, in the office or uh, business owners, uh, but this group is also about women that are in the field and that are really contributing to what's going on, whether it's residential, commercial, there's such an opportunity. And this group specifically really brings both of those pieces together. So it's it's really great that we can get together and network and share and empower each other to to keep reaching for huge opportunities. Yeah. So Stephanie, why don't you go ahead and, and uh, you just kind of tell our listeners out there a little bit more about yourself and your experience and your history in the trades. So uh, I am currently the owner, uh, co-owner with my husband, David, of Anchor Heating and Air in Charleston. And uh, we are like commercial uh, residential HVAC company. But um, I've been in HVAC for a little over 10 years now, I think. I started uh, doing sales, uh, uh, marketing, and uh, business development for a company and grew in that company to be the operations manager and help grow that company uh, sizably, which is was a great experience and um, and actually was really great for me to learn operations and just growth overall. And um, and so 
left that company and started another company uh, several years ago um, and had a partner and sometimes partnerships don't go very well. And so we uh, left that company actually um, and then now started our own company uh, that we own and it's growing rapidly. Uh, luckily, we have had a lot of experience. So we've been able to, to scale pretty quickly because we just came in and knew what we needed and who we needed and uh, just know the value of having great people. And so we're, we're doing awesome. We're, we're having a great first year. So, yeah. So I'll ask the question that I'm sure a lot of people want to know about. Uh, what's it like running a business with your spouse? I have nothing but good things to say about it. Actually, uh, David and I have known each other a long time and uh, have worked together uh, when we weren't together. Um, so that really, I think, has been a great thing for us because I was operations, did the business side. His role was installer, then manager, install manager. And so then once we got together, we just always kind of had the rule to stay in your lane, right? Mm -hmm. So um, he is fantastic with the service side and the maintenance side and the install side. He's an installer for 20 years and, um, and I can run the business and uh, we've both grown in our appreciation for what each other does. So don't get me wrong. There's hard days. There's a, it's a lot of hard work. It doesn't yeah. stop, uh, but it's, it's been a great experience for us. Yeah. Now, I think that's really cool. I mean, I'm sure that's, it's really special too, to be able to you know build a business with, you know, with your better half. It definitely is because it there's in the you know darkest times there's nobody to rely on but each other, so uh, and somebody that always understands how hard it is. So that's that's been a, a good thing for us as well. And we've been through some pretty hard times. You know, when you grow a business and um, you know and you lose a business, uh, then it really we were the only ones that knew how hard that was and the the heart and soul we had put into it. Um, but we also didn't have any other choice but to get started again, and yeah. um, and we did that too. So um, so we have we have lots of things to be thankful for and grateful for. Yeah, what have been some of the biggest challenges that you've experienced in your first year, full year in business? You know, I think the hardest thing is we are both so used to having a larger company, and so. Um, it's, it's like how quickly to scale. Sometimes mm -hmm. we've had to slow ourselves down, uh, but um, we've, we've had just so many good people around us that we've been able to get lots of good advice. And um, so I think uh, also wanting to just maintain the level of service that we're accustomed to and sometimes not having the manpower at the right time uh, you know, to, to be able to do some of that. So having to say no here, here and there. Um, we've learned again on the same vein to stay in our lane. And so sometimes, you know, being able to turn down work or things that just didn't line up or that we weren't going to be able to be successful at, um, that's, that's been a good thing for us too. But I think we've learned that over time, right? So yeah. if we were newer in the industry, we would probably take on some jobs that weren't right for us because we are hungry and, you know, felt like we had to, to make money. 
Um, but we've just learned that the sometimes the best job you can get is the one you don't take. So, yeah. Um, so that's that's been good. That's I mean that's really good advice for any business owner. I think. Right. I mean, I've I've run into similar situations. I think anyone who's ever run a business before has ever been like, it it can be shiny and it can be tempting, um, but sometimes you know you quickly realize, wow, I wish I hadn't done this. That's right. <laughs> and those those end up being it could be the most you know the the as far as the ticket sales go. It could be a huge job, but it could also be a huge nightmare, which causes burnout and inefficiencies across the board. So that's right. Well, I mean, we we never want to disappoint our customers, right? So I mean, our our thing is always to you know underpromise and overdeliver. And if it doesn't check those boxes, if we don't, if it doesn't line up with the values of our company and what we want to be able to do, it makes it so much easier to just say, you know, we should just walk away from this one. Um, it's funny, we we do very little new construction because because of that, right? We provide yeah. really high quality service and, you know, we, we don't want to work for the lowest margins. And we had a, a company who pursued us and we went, we looked at the job and we were excited. But after we left, we were like, you know, I just, we shouldn't do it, right? Like yeah. it just, it, it really is just not what, um, can't do it the way we want to do it, or we think we can't, um, based on what they're saying. So we should just walk away. And we called the guy back and we said that we we're like, you know, we just, it, it just doesn't line up with how we want to do this. And he said, Whoa, 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 wait a minute. What do you need? You know, what yeah. do you need? And honestly, we ended up, we did take the job because he was willing to, to meet us where we needed to be met so that we could deliver the right service. And, um, yeah. and so sometimes I guess we were playing hard to get and, he got us. So, yeah. But. Well, you, you got to do that sometimes, especially like if you have a process and you have a certain way of doing things and someone can come in and say, you know, I'm going to hire you to do this, but you're going to do it this way. Right. Well, it's like sometimes you got to play hard to get with those folks and be like, well, then you can find someone else to do it. it. And then maybe then they'll back off a little bit or they'll, you know, they'll call your bluff and yeah. find someone else. But either way you don't lose because right. they either meet you in the middle or they find someone else. Right. Well, because then we would have lost money on a job that we really, and we wouldn't have been happy with what we delivered because we couldn't do it the way we want to. So, um, but you know, again, I think logistically that's probably been a lot of our challenge this year is just, you know, being uh, not having the manpower yet because we want to scale appropriately um, and wanting to provide more. But we have a plan for that. So watch out 2023. Yeah, watch out 2023. Big things yes. coming for Anchor Heating and Air. That is exactly right. So. Yeah, there's a sound effect. You see this branding? Yeah. Great that. branding. Dan killed it. Uh, the vans. Always. I can't wait to see the vans. I can't wait. I you guys got a lot of good stuff going for you. It's going to be huge for sure. Yeah. So we are here at the event, Women in HVACR. Um, and I think it's appropriate for us to talk about some of that. Like, what, like as a guy, I think it's important that more guys talk about this. Like, there, this is a, this is a predominantly male industry. And I mean, it's not anyone's person's fault. It's that reason. And it's not an issue or necessarily a problem. Um, but I think that there is one, we all know that there's a labor shortage. People keep saying, I can't find anyone. Um, and two, there are, uh, you know, there's plenty of room in this industry for anyone 
to come in and have a, a nice career. Um, so I, I think it's important that, you know, we start having the conversation a little bit more about like women in the trades and how they can get into the trades and how in particular, how men can uh, be, I guess, advocates for them getting in the trades and what that looks like. Sure. Well, I mean, we're a great example of that. Um, our daughter um, is riding along, has been in the truck with David for almost six months. Um, we, she had been working at a hardware store. Uh, she wanted to go to college and, um, and she went to college for about a week and realized that that wasn't for her. And we were like, that's fine. It's not, it's not for everybody. Um, and you know, we have an office position. Why don't you come in and help me out in the office and let's see how that goes. And she did. And the, about the third day, I said, well, it'd probably be great if you rode with your dad so that you can see what's going on in the field. So when people call in, you have an understanding of that. And she never came back. <laughs> she got in the truck with them and she loves it. And she is 19, almost 20. She's precious. She's, you know, um, she's doesn't you know, probably fit the mold of, you know, because what would you say? The mold is girls don't go in the field. Right. Yeah. And, um, and it just, every, every bit of it is what she loves, the troubleshooting side, the, um, you know, talking to people and trying to help them understand what's going on. And I think it's huge that, you know, she has a dad who is supportive of that and is helping her find what is best for her. And it really, it was just because of an imitation, right? Like yeah. come out here and see, see what's going on. Um, not really knowing that, you know, she was going to love it and she's just doing a really great job. So I think the biggest thing is we've known in the HVAC industry, probably before a lot of other people that there was going to be a labor shortage. I mean, I remember when I came in 10 years ago, the whole statistic of like 65% of the the whole industry, the technicians were going to be retiring in the next 10 years. Well, I mean, here we are. Right. Yeah. And so I think that we were a little bit prepared for that. Um, but I think that um, women are great, can be great technicians. And so, and it's a, a place where they can make a lot of money. Yeah. So that's what we're going to be fostering and have been. Um, you know, we're looking forward to, to Haley getting to understand each part, maintenance, service, installation, uh, she's going to know how it works and then she's going to be in a truck in the spring. Right. So, yeah. um, so that's huge for somebody. She's actually already bought her first house. Uh, wow. So, I mean, how many other, you know, kids are 19 females are 19 bought their own house because they've gotten into an industry that is going to afford them those and has afforded those opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, the stigma has always been like up oh, the guys are in the field and the gals are working the office and answer the phones. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, in some instances, like if that's what everyone wants to do, I guess that's, that's cool and all. Sure. Um, but I think, I, I don't know, like I, I kind of think like, why aren't there more female service technicians? Like anytime I call an appliance repair or landscaping or pest control, it's always, it's always a guy. And I always just wonder sure. like, why, why not? Why aren't there? Because I know that there are females out there that are in the trades. I think it's on. just the, the, the question, right? Like, how, why don't you try this? Right. Yeah. I mean, have they been invited into seeing what that means and what it looks like? Because a lot of times 
just because of who females are and how they interact with people, their attention to detail, they talk more, right? So then you're able to talk to a customer that's having a problem or an issue and help them understand it in a different way. I know that I ride with David in the truck on the weekends when he is on call and he loves it because when he's doing the technical side, I'm talking to the customer about the problem, what we've seen, what we're, it's just a different connection mm -hmm. that, you know, you have with the homeowner. So, uh, and they, they enjoy that interaction. And I think that's why, you know, they're certainly, if we are inviting females into the industry to learn what it's even about, uh, they're going to be really good at it. So yeah. it's, it's more, I think it's just more of an invitation. Are you ready for a tough question? Oh, geez. Yes. What are you and David's biggest fears about sending Haley out into the field? I mean, I think you have to be uh, worried about crazy people. You know, yeah. I mean, there's just people out there that um, that may be inappropriate or may not take her seriously. Um, so that that's certainly we've definitely thought about that. And we know at least initially we can control a lot of that depending on you know, where we send her for maintenance or have these been long-term customers and do we know them? Uh, so, and I think those are, those are real things to, to discuss and to consider for anybody in this industry. Right. Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't, uh, you have to be careful about that for your male technicians sometimes, but certainly females, you know, face other challenges. Yeah. Um, I think that's what stinks sometimes. If I'm going to be very honest, you know, we're on TikTok. We have a great following. Uh, to be honest, you know, when Haley is on our TikTok, we get great engagement because I think people like to see a female in the industry, and it's um, it's not as um, they don't see it as often. But sometimes I'm appalled at the comments that mm -hmm. people make. I'm like. Why would you ever say that? Would you say that about a male that was on there? You're not. I mean, you're not. You don't make those comments when David or one of our other technicians are on there. Um, so I think yeah. that's what makes it difficult um, for a female to then feel comfortable in the industry. And so what if we what if she quits because of that? That's terrible. Yeah. Right. And um, so I think we just have to be very aware of those kinds of conversations and, and things that we say uh, to people when they're in our homes. Yeah. I think like the, the, the thought of growing, you know, like, like females in the trades is very similar to male nurses. Like, right. I, I remember growing up, like it was always like uh, nurses are females. And then I met some guys in college that were going to school for nursing. And I'll be honest, like they got picked on. Right. They got picked on by other people because like they were going into, um, I'll go ahead and say they're going into a woman's career right. as what they would, you know, what everyone was saying. Um, but it's, it has become a little bit more normal, I think, you know, for male, like men to be nurses, uh, for guys to be nurses. But I, I feel like that would be eventually accepted, but yeah, I think it's just so new. So what do you feel is like the biggest hurdle that this industry has to overcome when it comes to, you know, women in the trades and I guess yeah. adjusting that mindset? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's just perception and I think it's, you know, it, there may have to be different accommodations to get to the same end game, right? Mm -hmm. um, Haley needs strength, right? And so there's there's something to that, right? You may have to 
um, initially send her to different calls than you would send somewhere else. But does it mean that we need, you know, an eight foot ladder instead of a six foot ladder because guys can get up there and push themselves through the scuttle hole? Well, if that's the case, I'll buy an eight foot ladder, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's employers thinking about that where you're going to, in the end, you're going to get a great job done by somebody who's going to show up for work every day and and be committed to your company. And if the worst thing that you had to do was, you know, get them a, a pad so they sit up higher in their seat in the van or they yeah. have another ladder, then those are the kind of conversations that we need to be having to take away the obstacles that might be in their place. Um, or in front of them so that they can do a good job. Um, you know, I, I think you don't think about little things like work pants and uniforms and and that kind of stuff. Uh, those are things, again, that women have different needs than guys do, yeah. right? So um, we, we are actually doing a little series. I've got David and Haley to sit down to talk um, on TikTok. And one of the things was she said, you know, get really good, comfortable work pants. And that's not, you don't hear guys saying like, oh, I really should have good pants. But, you know, what if what if that's what a woman who's thinking about going into the industry is concerned about? Right. I don't like the uniform or I got to wear boots or whatever. Um, I think that, again, just that communication and saying, what is it going to take to get you out there? Because that's going to get me a great employee. Yeah, no, that's that's all really good stuff. I think that a lot of people probably don't think about that at all. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. So I lost my train of thought there. Um, all right. Oh, the ladders. Okay. So what are some other things? Like, so obviously, you know, like you said, maybe get an eight foot ladder instead of a six foot ladder. Um, sure. Like what, what are some other things about that though? Because um, you got like, is, is there, is there different things that they have to do with like the truck or are there different things that they have to do with, um, work hours or benefits or anything? I think there could be for sure, but I think we're kind of in a place in our industry where we're customizing benefits and things for, for all kinds of different employees, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we know now that everybody doesn't love eight to five or 70 hours a week, or some people don't like on call. Some people, um, you know, there, some people like to work 12 to eight, you know, so we're making accommodations in different ways. So what if we do have, you know, a female that's like, you know, maybe I'm a single female, a single mother, and I've got to drop my kids off at school. So I can't be at my first call at eight o'clock. Okay, we'll be there at nine. Right. But yeah. that's just a conversation to to say that we're, we're going to work around whatever that means so that, again, we can have a great employee. But that is, to me, what it means to be an employer of choice, right? That's for for any employee. Um, How can we work around, you know, do you like four days a week? Do you like a different schedule? Um, And if we can do that, I think that we can really open it up to having a a larger talent pool. Yeah. Could be that, uh, you know, single mom only wants to work on the weekend or they, they want to work later. I don't know. I mean, again, the same could be same thing for, for a guy. Yeah. Um, but if we can work around those things, I just think we'll have more people that are willing to, to come in to the trade. And also, you know, there has to be work-life balance regardless. And you have to say that and you have to mean it and you have to stand behind it. And so if you're, you know, you want, 
to have a lot of hours, then we can provide that. But if you want to work 40, then we can provide that. So, yeah, that's all really good stuff. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that. And I think that, you know, I think there's definitely, I, I think, I mean, just based on what I've seen here at the event, there's definitely a movement of sorts going on where it's being talked about more, which is good. For sure. Uh, and there's scholarship funds and advocacy mm -hmm. programs and stuff like that, which is all really good. Lots of money. And I think also uh, there's just lots of companies out there that, you know, have the ability to have some apprenticeships so that you can get the hands-on training. You know, Haley hasn't gone to school for HVAC yet. Everything that she's done has been hands-on. I do think now that she's got a good grasp of what the industry means and looks like, it makes sense for us to invest in sending her somewhere to get additional technical training. Because again, she can learn lots of stuff from her dad, but when you hear it from Joe Cunningham or somebody else, it, it means something, right? Yeah. So, um, so I think that, that that's probably the next step. And that would be a normal progression for anybody that we brought in that we wanted to you know, felt like we were ready to invest in them. That is a perfect, all right, we're at the 25 minute mark. We got about, we got five or six minutes to, to rapid fire through this, but that was a perfect transition into a topic that I really wanted to talk to you about, which is when you said training, um, training, coaching, advice that you seek from the internet, uh, Facebook groups. Yes. Facebook groups. Oh, Facebook groups. You love them. You hate them. They're not yes. going anywhere. No. What? When did these Facebook groups become such a big thing? Because I feel like one day someone was, I was visiting a client in Stanton, Virginia, and he was just like, oh, are you in this group? And I was like, no. So he added me. And then this was like, I don't know, a year and a half ago. Yeah. And it just seems like now there's just like an, another group each week with 4,000 people. Yeah, it is. Well, I think obviously Facebook and you know, our industry, especially uh, over the last several years, there's been so much change, right? I mean, with private equity coming in and the opportunities that owners have had and um, more technicians, you know, trying to get out of a truck and into running their own business. Um, and I think that's, it's just a natural place to go. It's an easy place to go get information, guidance, or what you think is guidance about how to run your business. And so um, it, it's natural, I think, that certain people develop as the leaders in those groups and everybody has a different ideology, uh, really. And um, there's not just one way to, to run a business. And so I think it, it definitely gives uh, lots of things to argue about, to discuss uh, very strongly. Um, but uh, it, it's a lot, there's a lot of good that comes out of it. Uh, the networking and all of that, you know, the people that I've gotten to be friends with that we just met in a Facebook group. And today we can put a face and a name together and see each other in person and feel like we've known each other forever. There's so much benefit to that. Um, but I just think we have to be careful because not everybody has the, maturity or the understanding of the business. Yeah. And so when you're listening to certain people, you have to take everything with a grain of salt because there are for every one bit or fact that you hear, there's 10 steps prior to that, that they didn't tell you how they got there. Yeah. And so I think, you know, that's where you just have to be careful uh, to make sure that 
people that are coming into the industry, they're getting the right information and then able to use that to benefit them. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, it's not, it's not uncommon knowledge that social media is just a highlight reel. Right. Like when was the last time you saw someone on social media being like, Hey, uh, I'm sad. Right. My life's a joke and I'm fat and miserable. No, they don't, they don't talk about that on social media. They're just like, look how amazing I am. Look at my great life. Look at these beautiful pictures and everything's great. Mm -hmm. It's no different in these groups. Now don't get me wrong. You will get the occasional person that will go in there and be like, Hey, I really need some help with this, that, and the other. And that's, I think those great groups are great for that. Sure. But for the most part, it's just, Hey, look at this screenshot of my service Titan. We made so much money last month and that's good for you. Um, but it doesn't share the past 18 months of you implementing processes and training people and getting right. your marketing right and how you got to that point. And so when you see, you know, startup Steve, mm-hmm. who wants to get to that point where he's hitting a million dollars every month, he just sees, oh, this guy, you know, is making all this money. I need to go, I don't know, just skip all the steps in the process and buy his snake oil sure. or whatever that it is that they think they need to get to that point. Yes. So. That's it. That's so true. I mean, I I think like I'm saying, even, you know, with us, I mean, I I have a lot of knowledge and and stuff to share with people. uh, And I do all the time. I have people reach out. But, you know, when I make a comment in a Facebook group, again, you don't know the part of, you know, running one business and, and leaving that business and running another business. I've made a lot of mistakes to be able to get to tell you here, here's how you can do it. So you don't have to make that mistake. Right. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of value in making those mistakes. Sometimes I think the other thing you have to be careful about is that sometimes you don't know the motivation behind the information you're being given. And so are they selling something? Is there some gain that is coming from the information that you're getting? Um, And there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's a lot of people in our industry that have a lot of great knowledge and they should be able to sell that knowledge. They should great coaches, great products, all Mm -hmm. of that. Um, But you just want to make sure that you are, picking the right one that works for you. So just ask a lot of questions, right? There's always a follow-up. There should always be a follow-up in our industry. You get that answer, ask one more question. Yeah, that's really good stuff. All right, last tip before we dip. Uh, if someone was about to start a, a heating and air conditioning business, what is the best advice you could give them? Surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. So that, that's the, the biggest thing that I can say is that if you don't know, go find somebody that does and, and just try to soak up all their information. There is so much stuff out there and people that are willing to help you um, and, and get you on the right path and, and keep those relationships, like make the grow those relationships. Don't just ask once, you know, be the person that goes back and again, ask the follow-up because it will save you from making a ton of mistakes. The other thing I think if you own a company and you have uh, this ability, uh, get great people and pay them really well. And that is the one thing I think that we just know is going to make us even more successful. When we pay our people well and take really good care of them, they will treat their customers like our own, right? They'll all, we'll, we'll all be successful. Yeah. So um, 
Yeah, it's it's a great industry. Um, we are so blessed by it, and the people that um, are around us are super thankful. Yeah. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you. I'm very honored to be here. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all again for tuning in. There was uh, a lonely soldier out there watching live the whole time. So thank you, whoever you are, mystery person. You didn't comment or like, so <laughs> we'll forgive you for that one. But anyways, thanks for tuning in uh, for another episode. Uh, we'll see you all next week. And uh, stay Thanks for listening to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, powered by Rival Digital, helping business owners and industry professionals.